0: This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 193. Let's keep it moving. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. He used to believe hanging from the monkey bars would make him grow taller, Pat Flynn. What's up everybody, Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me today in session 193 of the SPI podcast. I appreciate your time. And this is the second of a series of three SPI podcast episodes that are coming out back to back to back, starting in 192, to help you understand what kinds of passive income business models exist. What are the different kinds of ways you can generate an income online in a passive manner? And what can you expect from each of them? So who are they for? Not all of them are for everybody what can you expect? How long will it take to find success? What kind of income are we talking about and how does that work and how long will it take for us to find success? So we're going to talk about all those things. We're going to talk about a number of different business models in this particular episode and in the next one too. But if you haven't listened to episode 192 yet, I highly recommend you do that first because we lay down some foundational things that you need in order to find success with a lot of what we're going to talk about in this episode and in the next. So If you're listening to this one for the first time, I recommend you go back and actually listen to 192 first. And you could easily go there by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 192. And of course, if you're following me on iTunes or on Stitcher or on another platform, you'll probably see 192 listed right under this one because it's 193. So anyway, what are we gonna talk about today? Well, today we're gonna talk about what happens after you build your platform and you start to build your audience how can you monetize on that platform? Well, there's a number of different ways to do that, a number of different business models, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. So first, we're gonna talk about affiliate marketing. Then we're gonna talk about advertising. Then we're gonna talk about product creation. So what kinds of products? Well, we're gonna talk about, in this episode, ebooks and then online courses. And then in the next episode, we're gonna talk about membership websites, software, SaaS, software as a service, advertising, and also coaching. There is a way to do coaching and those types of things freelancing, consulting in a productized, passive manner. So we're gonna talk about that in the next episode. But again, this one, affiliate marketing, advertising, eBooks, online courses, let's go. Now, I will mention that I did cover affiliate marketing uh, last month in a very, very highly detailed session all about how to become a successful affiliate marketer. And that's in session 186. So if this business model, after I share it with you, sounds interesting, you can get more in depth with it in session 186. You can go there easily, same manner smartpassiveincome.com slash session 186. But just as an overview, what is affiliate marketing? Well, affiliate marketing, I feel, is one of the top ways you can generate an income online if you have a following, if you have a platform, if you have trust or built trust with your audience. Affiliate marketing is a smart thing to do. And what it is, is it's you promoting, recommending, and sharing other people's or other companies' products and generating an income, a commission, when people end up purchasing those products through your recommendation. It's typically tracked through a special link that those companies give you, and then if people go through that link and make a purchase, you get credit for it. And then, depending on the setup that you have with that particular company, you might get paid every couple weeks, every month, and once a year. I don't know; it depends on the company and the product that you're promoting. But it's a great way to generate an income for a number of reasons. One, because you can get started right now. You have some sort of platform. No matter how many people are on that platform right now, I mean. Let's say you only have a subscriber base of 100 people. I mean, that's 100 people. You might think that that's a low number, but imagine a room full of 100 people. That is, that's more than some places that I've spoken at. And when you think about it that way, you can literally help those people by giving them recommendations for things that are gonna help them achieve their goal. And that's the number one rule with affiliate marketing. You wanna offer and recommend, promote products that are going to help them. So you need to understand, this goes back to what I mentioned in the last podcast episode, 192, in terms of foundational items, things that you need to know in order to succeed no matter what business model you choose. You need to understand truly the pains, the problems, the needs, the wants, the issues, and the the, the just the struggles that your audience is having and finding those solutions. And sometimes those solutions are things that you can create on your own, which we're gonna talk about, but a lot of times those solutions are already created. And if you can be that person who can recommend those things that are going to help them it's going to be a win for everybody and that's that's the beauty of it now affiliate marketing does come a little bit with a negative connotation because the well the reason is because technically it's quite easy to do and people take advantage of how easy it is to do technically because what happens is people find products they find products that have a nice commission they might not even use or even know what those products are about and they bombard their audience with recommendations for stuff that they don't know. And then of course those products don't always pan through like uh, one would have hoped. And then those people get upset and yes, they might have a terrible experience with that product, but really who loses it's, it's you because you didn't recommend a product that actually helps them. And that's why affiliate marketing has had such a a bad rap because too many people are promoting things that uh, they don't know what those things do, or they're just promoting it for the wrong reasons. Never promote because of the commission, the commissions are a result of sharing something amazing and awesome that's going to help your audience. Another thing that I implement on my end to make sure that I follow that rule is to use those products. So I only promote and recommend products that I use and know completely so that I can make sure that those products will actually treat my audience in the way I want them to be treated. Because again, that trust that you have with your audience is the most important asset that you have. That, that, that That's everything. Everything else comes after that. And so that trust, you don't want to break it because you're recommending a product just for the commission. So make sure those products that you're recommending are great. Well, how does affiliate marketing work? I talked about it a little bit in terms of tracking, but in order to make it work for you, there's a few things you need to do. Besides having used those products and being comfortable with that recommendation, there's a few things you can do to increase the likelihood that people are going to A, click on those links and then B, follow up with the purchase. First of all, You want to make sure that you're always being upfront, that there's an affiliate commission for you on the other end. And I always do this. uh, You know, actually, when I first started out, I I would hide it. And this was back before there were rules for that sort of thing, at least in the US, because now you have to disclose that no matter what. And so for that reason, you should do it. But also, just going back to the story, I used to not do it because I used to not want people to know that I would be making money when people click on that link. But actually, I found out that when I was being honest about it and saying, hey, Here's a recommendation for a product that is gonna help you achieve this and do this. If you go through this link and make a purchase at no extra cost to you, I will actually get a commission. And uh, you you help make me money too at the same time. And when I was sharing that publicly, every time I mentioned an affiliate link, people were actually wanting to go through that link. People were actually taking the time and making sure that they were doing that instead of opening a new window and and doing that uh, and, and going that route. Or some people didn't even know that this affiliate thing uh, existed. So people who were looking for a way to pay me back for the information I've shared with them are going out of their way to look for affiliate links. And sometimes I even get emails from people now talking about new products that I've never heard before asking if I have an affiliate link for it, which is really cool because people want to make sure I get uh, you know, paid back in return. And oftentimes if it's a product that I haven't used, like I said, I just say, no, I don't have one. I've never used this product, but thank you for thinking of me. So that's how you can make affiliate marketing work for you. That's one thing you could do. Just be open and honest about the fact that it is an affiliate link or a referral link and you do get a commission on the other end. Another thing I like to do is offer to answer any questions that people have about that particular product. If people have any questions and they come to me and if I answer that question, it A, shows that I know what I'm talking about and that I've used that product before and B, just makes people feel comfortable that there might be somebody there in case something were to go wrong or anybody has any questions after they purchase it. It just makes them feel more secure about making that purchase and following through. Another thing I like to do is show the insides of that product. You know, one of the best strategies I can offer you is treat that affiliate product, again, that's a product that somebody else has created, as if it were your own when you promote it. So if you had your own product, what would you do? You would show people what it's like on the inside, right? You want people to feel comfortable with that purchase, that thing that you created. You wanna show them all that's inside, all that can, all that they can do with it. But the thing is with affiliate marketing, because it is so easy, people often forget that people want to see the insides of it and you'll just see links everywhere saying, hey, click on this link and click on that link. No, here's a link for this product. By the way, here's a video that I created that shows you the insides and what you're gonna get. This is why my Bluehost commissions, Bluehost is a hosting company that I, that I recommend. That's why it's one of the top affiliate products that I promote. It's A, something that is useful that people need in order to get started with their online business so it's gonna help them achieve their goals. B, it's something I've used myself and am very comfortable recommending. I even know it like the back of my hand to offer support at the same time. And C, like I was saying earlier, I have a video that actually walks people through the process of what it's like to sign up and build your own blog in just four minutes. And that video has been seen over, I think, 200,000 times. So there you go. Open up the box. It's why those... Uh, YouTube channels where people open up their new thing and people just want to watch people open up a box and take out the styrofoam and play with their new toy. People love those because people want to see what they're going to buy before they buy it. So do the same thing with your affiliate marketing products. Now that's all I'm going to talk about in terms of affiliate marketing right now. I go into more depth in session 186. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 186. But I think everybody out there with a website right now can find a product to promote as an affiliate. And It might be as easy as just signing up for the Amazon Associates program, which is their affiliate program, uh, available in most states, that allows you to promote any product that can be found on Amazon, and of course, as we all know, most things can be found on Amazon, at least in terms of physical products, books, and that sort of thing. You share a special link that you get from Amazon for that particular product with your audience, and talk about it like I said, be open and honest about it, give some more insight answer questions about it too, share a video about it. You're going to get people to click through it. And when people purchase, you're going to get a commission. And the cool thing about Amazon actually, as a side note, is that when you promote a link, an affiliate link, from Amazon's associate program and people click through it, you not only get commission on the thing that they buy that you recommended, you get commission on everything they purchase in that checkout, uh, which is valid within 24 hours after after they click on that link i believe so you get some weird things that you get a commission for because people add other things into their cart too i think i had a um a pool one time you know I only recommend books and things like that on amazon or little electronic devices that i use to help me with my business and things like that but i've had I, it was like a, a backyard pool like a i don't know how many hundreds of gallons it was but it was just really interesting and that was a high price item so i got Know 60 bucks as a result uh, in, in terms of the finder's fee for it or the the referral fee. So that's affiliate marketing. Recommending other people's products, hopefully products that you've used also that you trust, sharing with your audience that you know about this product and even opening it up a little bit to uh, maybe through a ScreenFlow recording, which is a screen recording software, or just talking about it on a podcast and maybe even just sharing some images and screenshots of it with your audience too. So that's affiliate marketing. That's what I feel the easiest and potentially one of the most profitable ways to generate an income. Of course, if you plug those into your blog posts, to your podcast episodes, hopefully you create a resource page on your website too that is a passive uh, place on your website that people go to to find things that they want. And if you put those things on there and those are affiliate links, you will passively generate an income through people coming and landing on that page. So that's affiliate marketing. Next up on the list, let's talk about advertising. Now, advertising is similar to affiliate marketing in the way that you are promoting and recommending other companies, for example. However, you are not getting paid per sale in that way, although you can set up a f- advertising to do that, and, and there there are kind of you know ways to blend affiliate marketing with advertising, but advertising generally, similar to sponsorship, is companies paying you X amount of dollars for certain amount of views or traffic or exposure on your particular platform, and the thing with advertising, in order to make it work, it's going to be something where you're going to need a lot of traffic, or you know, a lot is sort of relevant. And you know, what's nice about advertising is advertisers will typically pay you um, per viewer or based on the number of, of views, and so the income that you generate is proportional to the amount of traffic that you can get but there's other things that are important too to the advertiser that might make them pay you more we'll get into different advertising models but just this is important just because you have traffic on your site that that that's helpful but there's other things that are that our advertisers are looking for for example the type of traffic and how long they stick around and where are they coming from what uh kind of person is it what are their interests do they align are they a target market that fits that company too That can help you understand what kinds of companies you could work with, and if you're going to get into advertising, there's a couple of different ways to do it. The first way is to reach out to advertisers on your own and do private deals with them, meaning you work one-on-one with each of those companies that you find, and again, you want to be careful about the companies you choose because you don't want to have a company sort of represent you in a way that uh, you don't want to be represented, but... Find a company that you feel would be a good fit for your audience and uh, perhaps it's a company that you've used before. Perhaps it's one that you've seen being advertised on sites just like the ones that you have or other sites in the same niche that you're in and you reach out to them and you try to talk to somebody who can help you come up with some advertising deal. Now, it's helpful if you do that, if you create what's called a media kit. This is something that you create, a PDF file, it could just be a single page even, that includes information about your website and what kind of traffic it gets and the kind of person who, who comes and visits your website, any sort of information that an advertiser, somebody who is looking to put their uh, URL, their traffic, their ad on somebody else's site, what, what is it that they would want to see? That's what you want to have on that media kit, that PDF file that you're going to send. And you know, I've actually had success without using a media kit just through general conversations with people, but it does help to have that too. I never advertise my, uh, fill it my advertising fees publicly, uh, that's always going to be uh, negotiable. And, um, you know, again, we're talking about private advertising deals. There's other types of advertising that are done more automated and through third party systems. But the private advertising deals are interesting, because you're actually working one on one with these companies. And, you know, this was really one of the first experiences I've had myself making money online. And it was really interesting, because I was very scared. You know, it's like, oh, man, I'm actually I have to go and reach out to a real company myself. This was when I first started my own business in the architecture uh, industry. And it was it was kind of intimidating at first. And I didn't know what a company was gonna say. And so I had this website, Green Exam Academy. You know, I was working on my ebook, but I, but I knew there were other ways to generate an income and I knew advertising was one way to do it. So I reached out to this company. They did practice exams for the same target audience that I had, people looking to study and pass the lead exam, uh, which is an exam in the architecture industry. And I reached out to them and I said, Hey, my name is Pat Flynn. I'm the owner of greenexamacademy.com. Actually, back then it was called inthelead.com. I ended up changing the name later based off of a uh, trademark issue. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. I reached out to that company and I said, Hey, this is who I am. This is how much traffic I get to my website. And I would love to advertise your website in front of this audience. They're all looking to pass the same exam. Uh, this is how long they're on the website. This is how many pages they're viewing and how many, uh, you know, how, how you know, it would be a great fit. And, uh, you know, of course they came back and said, yeah, we're interested. What's your price? And I freaked out. I said, uh, 50 bucks for a whole month. And, you know, I thought that was a lot. And they said, deal. So I had my very first advertiser on my website. And essentially I took one of their images for their logo. It was a 150 by 150 pixel image. And I put it in my sidebar. And that was a deal for one month for $50. They'd have their image on the sidebar. It was shown on every page. And, uh, that, that went great. So after that first month, They wanted to continue to work with me because they were getting a lot of great traffic uh, from it. They actually gave me a link to place there so they can keep track on it. Traditionally, that's uh, what's gonna happen when you do these private deals. These companies who do these advertising deals will give you a special link so that they can keep track and make sure that that campaign's working for them. And if it is, they're gonna wanna continue to work with you. And so I got some good advice from mastermind group members uh, during that time because I told them that I, I was so stoked about this advertising deal. And they were so surprised that I only offered 50 bucks and they were like, well, of course they would say yes, because that's a great deal. And when I did the calculations, it was literally, uh, let's see, 200,000 views for 50 bucks because I was getting that much uh, traffic on my site every month. And um, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer if you're a company and looking to get that many, uh, that much traffic. So I raised the price. I raised the price to 350 per month. And then I told them if we wanted to, if you wanted to do that longer, let's do a six month deal for 300 bucks per month. So they'd actually be saving, uh, you know, about a month, you know, getting a month for free essentially if you work it out um, or around that. And so they, they agreed. So I was able to get, uh, let's see, let me do the math really quick, 350 times uh, six uh, minus uh, 350. So yeah, about 1,750 bucks. So that, that was pretty awesome to get that uh, right then and there, especially when I was first starting out. So again, this is a way for you to work with a company to have them pay you to get access and exposure on your website. And there's a number of different ways to do it. I didn't know about all the different ways you can do that, which could increase the value and of course increase the price that you could charge. Having an advertisement in the sidebar is traditionally something that people do. Also having a mention in a newsletter. I didn't have a newsletter at the time, but if you have a number of subscribers, you could send out email blasts, for example. You might be able to do this through a blog post review of a particular site. And of course, you always wanna be honest and upfront when you do something like a review. And if you get paid for something like that, you wanna make sure you are upfront with that for your audience. It's just legally you have to do that, at least again in the US. Other other places on your website to add banners and advertising space for those advertisers. There's other kinds of mentions like social media mentions too. I've also seen people get people to sponsor ebooks and, and products and, uh, you know, events and things like that by just having these companies pay to be associated and, uh, you know, uh, have their logo within those things. So a logo within an ebook, for example, is, is another thing you could do. Again, you're working with these companies, they're paying to get access and exposure on your website, because they want your traffic to go to their site. And so that's private advertising. And again, it's private because you're working one on one. And again, there's a number of different ways to do it, you can be creative. Now, sometimes that's a flat fee. Sometimes it's based on the number of uh, traffic or views or downloads, for example. For instance, in the podcasting world, a podcast sponsor will pay you a certain amount of dollars per thousand downloads. And again, this is why it's sort of attractive for a lot of people is because, um, you know, on both ends, even the advertisers, because they're only paying for the exposure. You know, they're they're, they're not gonna be paying Um, You know, if they're doing based on the number of downloads, if there's just a thousand downloads, they're only paying for a thousand downloads. But if they're getting up to 80 or 100,000 downloads, you know, that could be significant amount of traffic and exposure too, but also a significant amount of money for potential podcaster or a person who's running that podcast with that advertiser. Just to give you an idea and a ballpark of the the kind of income we're talking about, uh, John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire has written a great article about how much one could get in terms of sponsorships on a podcast I've gotten anywhere between $23 to all the way up to $45 to $50 CPM. CPM meaning cost per thousand and the Roman numeral for for a thousand. So cost per thousand. So if you consider that uh, an episode of the Smart Passive Income podcast, uh, you know, averages at this point about 90,000 downloads. So 90,000 times $35 CPM, just to to put it right in the middle there. That's $3,150 per advertiser. Per podcast episode. And you can have multiple sponsors on a particular episode. You can have multiple spots within that episode. I only have my sponsorships at the end, where some podcasts have them at the very beginning and even in the middle. That's called a, a mid rolls, the one in the middle, post rolls, the one at the end, pre rolls, the one in the beginning. Um, so, so there's that model too. Uh, if you are doing private advertising on a website, typically it's done with a flat fee, although I have seen it in a similar cost per thousand views. So in a similar way. But again, it's gonna be up to you and how you deal. And that company might come in with a preconceived way that they've done it before. And you come in with the way that you feel it should be done and you kind of negotiate and you can go from there. That's the cool thing about doing these private deals is it's your website, it's your podcast, it's your video channel. You could do whatever you want and negotiate in any way you want. And again, be stern with what you feel is right but also make sure that you know that these companies have their own agenda too and uh, you know work together. Before we move on to the other kind of advertising models that you can use and what's involved with that, I do wanna mention another episode of the SPI podcast. If you're doing any sort of videos and you are generating a lot of views on YouTube, there's ways to work with advertisers beyond just using YouTube's advertising model to work directly in, in a private way with companies to advertise on your videos and do it very successfully. This is uh, the story of David and Bob, who are two word workers who make a full-time income from what they do, primarily using YouTube and sponsorships and, and things like that. So you can check that out. That's session 180 with Dave and Bob. So you can go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 180. If you are interested in doing videos and you wanna understand how you can advertise and work with sponsors for videos on YouTube. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session One. 80. Okay, now there's some other kinds of advertising you could do. There's something called AdSense. There's other forms of using third-party services on your website, and this is where you essentially allow somebody else to control who advertises on your stuff. And there's a lot of different ways to do this, and the pro to this is you are just making it really easy to fill in those spots because you don't have to do any of that, those private deals and uh, you know the prices are already pre-negotiated. AdSense, for example, is where you can put in any place on your website a piece of code and that piece of code will automatically generate when somebody opens that page a series of advertisements that are related to the content that are on that particular page. And in some instances, this works really well and in some instances, it just works terribly. Not terribly well, terrible. Uh, so for the first example, it's worked really well on my website at securityguardtraininghq.com, which is a niche site. It's a site that has a finite amount of information on it because that's all it needs to serve that particular audience. And it helps people become a security guard depending on what state they live in in the United States. And on that site, I have Google AdSense. And for the last four years, it's been generating between $1,500 and $3,500 a month, primarily through AdSense. So when people visit a particular website or page on that website, Those ads are served to, and those ads are clickable, and people, when they click on those ads, I get a certain amount of dollars from Google because that is a tool that Google has. So that's Google AdSense. Um, It hasn't worked so well on a few of my other sites. It kind of depends on what kind of advertisers are putting themselves in Google AdSense using the Google AdWords platform. That's if you're an advertiser and you want to serve your ads on sites like that, you use Google AdWords. If you are a website and you want to serve ads that people would put on your website so that you could then generate an income, you would use AdSense. Now, I had once a long time ago put AdSense on smartpassiveincome.com and the types of ads that were showing up because my site's about building a business, generating an income online, they were all work from home, uh, you know, fill out surveys online, uh, get rich quick type stuff. And as soon as I saw that, you know, I took those off because it just didn't work. So you want to make sure that if you do go down the AdSense route, Having Google help select advertisers that go on your website, uh, that you make sure that one, after you put those on, the ads actually make sense for the type of content you have, and they actually, you know, the ad, the ad. A lot of people have negative connotations or negative thoughts on AdSense, and I feel like it works well only in certain situations. If those advertisers that are on there are actually helping and serving your audience, then keep them. If not, then then no. Of course, the one thing I want to mention about advertising in general is any advertisement is a distraction from your own content. Now yes, it can provide value, can be a great sort of way to round out your stuff because it's also providing value through different services or tools that other people might wanna and get use out of uh, on your site if it's all relevant. However, it's taking people away from you and you have to weigh the pros and cons of that especially on a website where people can click and easily get distracted and once they click on that advertisement they go down a totally different rabbit hole and forget where they came from and they don't go back to your website so you want to be careful there you know i always recommend that if you have advertising on your website in any way shape or form if possible to have them open into a new window if people close uh, if people click on that link so that when people End up closing that particular window, they always go back to your website. So that's one thing. But secondly, you just want to make sure that you test and make sure that, you know, if you have your own products to sell, for example, that your advertising, that the advertising that you do for other people aren't taking away from your own sales. So in a lot of cases, this happened on greenexamacademy.com. I actually ended up taking AdSense out altogether when I came out with my own ebook and courses. So just keep that in mind. If instead of a blog, maybe you have a podcast and you want to do advertisements, but you don't want to do those private deals yourself, there's a company out there called The Midroll that I've used before uh, at midroll.com, I believe. M-I-D-R-O-L-L.com. Yeah, midroll.com. It's a podcasting advertising network. It's one of several that are out there, but this is the one that I've worked with before and continue to work with for a, number of, uh, a few of my podcasts. And what's cool is they do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And all you have to do is go in there find the episode that you're going to do and the advertiser is already there you print out the script and you read it or you just open the pdf file and you read that at the time at which you were supposed to read your your spots and you get paid and Midroll pays you and uh, everything everything's great so they essentially connect the advertiser to the podcast but of course they take a cut like a lot of these third party companies do uh, but that's part of the that's part of the deal and so you could go that route too the other thing you could do is no matter what kind of platform you have there are people out there who will work for you to find advertisers. You might have to find them. You could hire these people into your business. I don't. There's no particular hub where you can find these people, but you could look for these people online or different places. ZipRecruiter.com is a cool place to go uh, to hire new people for your business. Or you might be able to find people on Elance too. Or you might have somebody in your network who is really good at finding and building relationships. Well, th- these kinds of people would be great for helping you and connecting you to advertisers specifically and even working out Uh, you know, deals for you. And, you know, these are people who could potentially be a big player in the generation of income that you have because they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting and you're just the person who reads whatever you need to read on a particular spot on your show or who places particular images on your blog or uh, places a particular product or does a particular product review on your video show. Again, having somebody else on your team manage this is something I know a lot of people do and have done very well to generate significant amount of income in the advertising route. So, again, overview of advertising, a lot of different ways to do it, a lot of different concepts, but you'll have to pick the one that works best for you if it is something that you're interested in. However, again, just to reiterate, in my feeling, advertising is great, uh, but it it can work really well for you or work against you too. It works well if you choose to work with companies and advertise companies that you know are gonna help and serve your audience. That's what I do and choose to do here on SPI. But you also have to consider what it's doing to everything else you want your audience to do too because it is a way for another company to get out in front of your audience and literally distract them from what they're doing to pay attention to them. Just keep that in mind when it comes to advertising because it's, it's really important and if you have your own products and courses to sell, you might actually not be doing yourself a favor by generating an income now from these advertisers versus having customers for a lifetime by going through your products. So again, a lot of things to consider here, but most importantly, you have a lot of options. You can always change things over time. I've not had advertisers and then started adding advertisers. I've started with advertisers and then took them out. There's nothing that when you set, it's set forever like that in terms of monetization. You can always change things, move things around. And uh, as long as you're conscious about what you're doing and what it's doing for you, that's, that's, that's what's gonna help you win. Next up, we're gonna talk about writing, publishing, marketing, and automating your own book. And and this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, not only because I'm working on a book right now, it's gonna come out in January of twenty sixteen, but because it was an ebook that helped me get my start online, really. Back in two thousand eight, I published an ebook, October th- two thousand eight, which was essentially a study guide to help people pass an exam in the architecture industry, the lead exam. And this is the ebook that changed my life. And that's why I wrote eBooks the Smart Way and I recommend you go there now. It's gonna help you write and market and automate this ebook. And I'll talk a little bit more about it uh, here. But of course, if you want details on that, you can go visit that and download it for free at ebooksthesmartway.com. Again, that's ebooksthesmartway.com. But again, like I said, this ebook changed my life. And I've shared this guide with a number of other people, and a number of people have said it has changed their life too. Kamansi Constable, who's a guest on my show too, he took the information in that book, wrote his own book, and now he's written several. And now he's doing public speaking around the world because of the content that he's been sharing. So the question is, well, what do you write about? You know, even before we get into how do you market it, what what kind of like traditional or self published? Like when it comes down to it. First, first things first, you need to figure out what you're going to write this book about. You, and then you need to write the book before we get into distribution models and all that stuff. So we need to write this book. Well, what do you write about? Well, that's, again, goes back to the foundational stuff we talked about in the last episode. Well, what is it that your audience wants to know about? What resonates with them? What are their struggles and what do you have to offer that you can share? What kind of information can you put into this book to have people experience a transformation that they want to experience. And that, tr- that word transformation is one of my favorite words because that's what I use whenever I approach a new piece of content online, not just a book, but including a blog post, a podcast episode, a video, a public speaking gig, anything. What is that transformation you want your audience to have after going through or reading or watching or listening or sitting in on that piece of content? Now, It's just a kind of a fancy way of saying, well, what's the purpose of it? But I love the fact that it's called a transformation. Why? Because it means that there's a change in the audience's mind and actions that they're gonna take. It's focusing on the audience, not just, well, what's the purpose of it for you? It's what's the purpose of it for your audience? And once you nail that down, it becomes so much easier to work backwards from that. Okay, what's the transformation? Well, what are the things I need to make that transformation happen? What are the case studies What stories do I need to tell? What data points do I need to share? All those things start to develop as a result of first understanding that topic and that transformation. Now, from there, to make it easier, I would actually do a sort of brainstorming session, a brain dump, if you might call it. And I would recommend using a strategy that I share in episode one, of SPI TV, this is, some of you might have seen this, over 30,000 people have watched this video at this point, which is how to write your first draft fast. If you look up on YouTube, I'll put a link in the show notes, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 193, but I'll put a link uh, on on the show notes, but you can also search on YouTube, look up how to write a first draft fast, and you'll find my video right there at the top, and that's gonna share with you how I use Post-it notes, and also that in combination with a tool to help transcribe how I use those Post-it notes in terms of taking those post-it notes and then and then just brain dumping them into a audio version that I then have transcribed in this really cool app that I share. Again, it just makes it very easy for you to write that first draft and to just essentially take all the information on in your brain about that particular topic, whether you know all about that topic or not. It's just stuff that comes to mind. You put it all down on your whiteboard or piece of papers or post-it notes, and then those notes allow you to reorganize them and put them into different clumps. And you'll see that those clumps become chapters and sections and those individual post-it notes become subsections or points or stories that you want to tell. And it becomes a very easy way to organize and visualize this book. And it essentially becomes an outline. After you do this, after you reorganize and reorder things, it becomes its own outline. And from there, you could just pick and choose one of those post-it notes or one of those pieces of that outline and write those. And that's going to help you create this book. So again, Smart Passive Income TV, SPI TV episode one is where you can find out more information about that. Now, you write this book, then what? Well, you have to figure out how you wanna distribute it. Do you wanna distribute it uh, as a physical book or an ebook? Well, I recommend thinking primarily in terms of an ebook because a physical book is something that you are personally gonna have to ship out if you get a whole bunch printed, for example, or you're gonna have to work with a traditional publisher for distribution, which is a very long arduous process you lose and give up some control depending on the publisher you work with and it becomes a, it becomes tough and to be honest in the conversations I've had with people who have written books traditionally uh, there's not much money involved there's there's a lot of prestige involved still with writing a physical book in a traditional manner however we're now at a point where ebooks are becoming more popular and self-publishing has become at the same level uh, in terms of prestige depending on the success of that book as a traditional book too. So from this point forward, we're going to talk about publishing an ebook. Although I will say that if you publish on Amazon, for example, there are print on demand services where people can get a physical copy of that ebook too, or, you know, other, other services like that. I think there's one called Lulu that allows you to print on demand too, but CreateSpace works exactly. And at the same point of sale with uh, amazon.com and uh, you know, that that's where I would go with that. So, at this point forward, let's consider okay, well, where do we want to publish this? Where do we want to distribute it? Do we want to distribute it on Amazon or do we want to distribute this, this book as this ebook on our own website? Now, when I published my ebook for greenexamacademy.com, it was published on my website. And when you publish it on your website, you get the benefit of controlling more of the process you get the benefit of understanding exactly who your customer is when people purchase a book on amazon you don't necessarily know who that customer is unless you somehow pull them back into your website but when people purchase something on your website like a like an ebook you can then control the whole process the user experience the workflow what happens after they're a customer follow-up sequences all that stuff leading them into other uh, products that you have and getting feedback from them all those sorts of things happen very easily on your website too plus the profit margins are likely going to be much higher too because Amazon takes a cut, like like I said earlier, all other third-party companies do, or most do. And so if you're publishing on your own website, you're potentially going to make a lot more money than if you were to publish on Amazon. Plus, Amazon has its own sort of way to force people into a certain price range with their eBooks, whereas on your website, you can likely increase the price and, and uh, I don't wanna say get away with it, but you know, command that. You can command a higher price, on your website, you can add bonuses or different bundles or packages that people can have. You know, tier one is just the book only, tier two is the book and this bonus, and tier three is the super packet, platinum package that includes all these things. And you know, Nathan Berry, who is now the owner of uh, ConvertKit and founder of ConvertKit, he came back a long time ago in episode, I think it was 85, I can't remember exactly, but he talked about how he used eBooks. This was even before ConvertKit was an idea. He made six figures a year writing ebooks and self-publishing them on his own website and using that three-tier system. And by making it super obvious for people that the third tier is the one that they really need. And he was charging over a hundred bucks for, again, a book, but it came with all this other stuff. And he was making a lot of money. And I was making a lot of money too with my ebook, my my ebook study guide, which came with some bonuses too. There was also an audio version of that guide too, which I added on and put that into a package where people could get both of them for a discount and that sold very well. So my ebook was $29.99. The audiobook was $29.99. So 60 bucks total, or you can get both of them for $44.95. And most people would buy the forty four ninety five dollars version. And again, they're both the same things are shared in a different way. So if you want to make more money with your ebook, I would recommend publishing it on your own website. However, I will say you need to have an audience or get an audience in order for that to work. Now, if you're writing an ebook and publishing it on your website when you're just starting out, you're gonna have to really focus on uh, you know, either getting traffic to your website uh, by paying for it through Facebook ads or Google Ad AdWords or by getting influencers to help promote it in, in that way too. That's where Amazon comes into play and become a benefit. Amazon, I feel, is a great way to get exposure more than money. You will make some money through the ebooks that you've published on Amazon. I've published one already and I'm going to publish my second one on there too. But if you're looking for exposure, that's where you want to publish because Amazon has an incredible way of having people find your stuff. And they have different algorithms, not only for the search engine capabilities, but just the products that are related to different products or people who bought this also bought this one. You get to take advantage of Amazon and the 350 million credit card owners or people who have credit cards on that site who are on that site to buy stuff. So that's where Amazon comes into play. And again, you don't get to keep track of, of those, who those customers are either until you somehow within those books, bring them back to your website. I think everybody has a book in them. I, I know that and I have a, I'd say maybe a dozen or so in me. Uh, and I'm working on my second one right now. So I'm really excited about that. And so I know that this is something that anybody in any niche could benefit from, whether they want to do this for profit or for exposure on Amazon, for example, or you can even create an ebook, uh, for the purposes of giving it away for free and becoming a lead magnet. So something you could give as an incentive to get people onto your email list, which can then drive them down into a funnel to purchase your product or online course, which is what we're going to talk about next. We're going to talk about online courses. So what is an online course? Well, an online course is essentially a class that you teach on the internet. Typically, it's within some sort of protected area of your website or another website that you create, and it's a way for people to learn as they choose or on their own demand. So instead of having them attend something live, like a class or even a webinar or something like that, which we'll talk about in a later podcast episode, this is where people... They typically log in with a username or email address and a password, and then they get access to certain things that will help them teach them something, like this class it's videos, audio files, transcriptions, written instructions. Uh, sometimes that there's worksheets and activities involved and certain actions that you need to take. Sometimes there are quizzes to take too, and sometimes there's even communication with the course instructor or other course takers too. And again, the primary goal when you create an online course, is to have people experience a certain transformation. And the reason you would want to use an online course is because A, it is interactive and it allows people to learn on the go. B, because of the type of media that you use, you are more easily able to teach certain things, especially if it's something that's more visual uh, in terms of instruction. You could use videos to teach certain things. And C, There's a lot more value that comes along with an online course. Typically, you're able to charge much more for an online course than you would a book of the same topic. Now, we're not going to get into talking about recurring revenue yet, although you could charge a recurring revenue for something like an online course. However, the general rule is if you are going to charge a recurring fee for something, there has to be a reason for people to do that. So for software, for example, it's to continue to have access to a certain tool that allows them to have some sort of convenience or get something that they would continue to use every single month. If it's something like a membership site, for example, it's stuff that where there would be new things added every month where they would need to con- continue to pay to keep getting access to that new stuff. For an online course, I'm speaking mostly about a standalone course that teaches a specific topic that gets a specific result when people take it. And that's what I'm really excited about because I have online courses coming out next year too. So online courses have been around for a while. We've seen a lot of colleges start to implement online courses into their curriculum too or giving people an option or a way to study or learn or educate themselves or even get degrees through online courses. But what's really cool is it's not very difficult for any of us to create our own online courses too. There's two ways to do this. The first way is using a platform That already exists where you can upload your own videos and coursework to students who then, through that third-party platform, can have access to your course. And you will get paid, if you charge for it, a certain amount of money. Typically, that third-party company, again, will take a piece of that, but that's part of the deal. They have that platform already there. Oftentimes there's a number of users on that website already looking for people or looking for tutorials or courses on specific items. And there's a number of different platforms out there. The first one that comes to mind is udemy.com, U-D-E-M-Y.com. I know a number of people who have created several courses on that particular website and have done very well. Again, you don't even have to have your own website to do that, but if you have one, you can then direct your users to a course that you create and publish on that particular site. Now the pro to that, is that, like I said, that platform already exists. All you have to do is focus on your content, and they do a lot of the marketing. Actually, let, let me rephrase that. They, they have some marketing capabilities because they have an email list. There's a lot of Amazon-like um, features. For example, people who have taken this one have also taken this one, or recommended courses and things like that. Um, but they, but you're still gonna have to get people in there, mostly yourself, so I just wanted to make that uh, make that clear. Um, they also uh, have payments already taken care of. They take care of all that for you too. And again, the platform's already built. You just put it up there and uh, you know they've built that over time and have uh, changed it over time to make it optimal for the person who's learning from you on that particular platform. There's another platform out there called lynda.com, which is a little bit more difficult to get access to because they only promote – highly qualified experts on that site. And, um, you know, you do have to work uh, with them and fly into their studio to get those things promoted and, and have access uh, to that particular platform. But lynda.com is, is lynda.com. There's no, there's a number of other platforms out there too, but those are the top two I'm going to recommend depending on kind of your style and what you're looking for and how far and deep you're willing to go with that. And lynda.com is actually a lot more bigger than udemy.com. And, you know, there's a lot more prestige that goes along with that one because it's sort of Linda. Certified courses, I guess you could call it. Uh, I don't know if that's an actual thing, but that's kind of what I'm using in air quotes right now. It's Linda certified. Linda comes with a lot of uh, a high reputation. Udemy too, but you know, Udemy anybody could post anything on that site, I believe. Now there's that route, but the con with going with that route, or the uh, sort of the, the the negative aspect of going down that route, is you typically lose access to a lot of the control. Um, you got to make sure you read the fine print and make sure that you can continue to use that content on your own, that it, it is indeed yours. I don't know exactly what the terms are right now with either of those websites. So you want to make sure that, you know, it's still yours. And, uh, you know, again, you're sharing some of that commission or some of that fee to take your course that you would normally getting if you controlled it uh, mostly yourself with that third party company. Now, that's the other way to go about it. Instead of pu- publishing on a platform that already exists, you can create your own course, create your own course like you created your own website something that could either be put on top of your website where people can then get access to a certain part of your website that they need to pay for so you essentially are creating uh, protected content on your website and in order to get access to that they have to purchase your course and you know then they get a username and password to go and get access to that or you can set it up on another website that you control that's your own website for that particular course so either way it works now how do you do this well there's a lot of different tools out there that enable you to create your own membership site. I say membership site because that's a, that's a kind of software you would be using, but you're essentially creating online courses on it. Membership site is something that's you know, fairly different in terms of the approach and, and the interaction and how you get people in there, how to get people to pay recurring fees and that stuff. Or that's the first thing we're gonna talk about in the next episode. But right now, again, we're talking about online courses, but you would use a membership site or an online course Plugin or a tool to enable you to create these online courses. And we'll talk about how to structure that course and what that's like in just a sec, but we're still talking about the tools right now. So there's a couple of WordPress plugins that are very popular. The first one is called Zippy Courses by Derek Halpern. You can check that out at smartpassiveincomecom Zippy Courses. That one's really easy and it's pretty cool because if you add more courses over time, they would uh, only have to use the same. Uh, username and login, just pay to get access to those other forms of content or other courses that you create. And I've set up courses on Zippy Courses before. It's probably the one that's fastest and easiest to use. There's also WP Wishlist or Wishlist Member, uh, same thing. And that is traditionally the one that most people have used probably the most popular one out there and they've uh, have an integrated with a whole bunch of different third-party companies and, and email service providers and things just to make it work across the whole board and that's another one that that's great wp courseware is another one that i've used and a couple of my own students from old courses that i've uh, in coaching classes that i did actually created that one and have done really well with it too Now, there's another one out there called Teachable, and this is different than a WordPress plugin. This is one where you set up on their platform and you actually host videos through their platform and and everything's done on their platform, but you integrate it into your website and it becomes a very seamless, so essentially creating your own Udemy on your own website. So you're using this software, teachable.com, to create your own Udemy, and it becomes a very fine-tuned experience because they're a giant team that's helping to really hone in and optimize the learning experience. And again, that's really what this is all about. It's not just about you creating a course. It's about you actually teaching your audience something. And uh, if there's a company out there behind you and and working in your favor to help you help your audience learn better, that's always gonna work out. Now, all of these plugins and companies are doing that, but uh, I've, I've had a conversation with the CEO of Teachable. I got very excited when I saw their software and its capability. So all these are great, all these work. I'd recommend you check out any of those and just, you know, weigh the pros and cons when you go ahead and decide to do a membership site uh, or excuse me, online course. Now, let's talk about, well, what goes into your online course? Well, similar to what I said with the book, you want to brainstorm and try and figure out an outline, try to create an order to the things that you're trying to teach to create that transformation that you want to create. And typically an online course is broken down into not only the whole entire goal, the thing that you're trying to get people to achieve, but. Different modules. So, those modules are sort of like level one, different segments or chapters, I guess you could call it, of your particular course. And within those specific modules, there are different lessons. So, for example, if I was teaching a course on fly fishing, module one might be called fishing or fly fishing equipment. Lesson one might be fishing rods. Lesson two might be Fishing reels, lesson three might be fishing line, lesson four might be fly fishing flies, and lesson five might be bait. So those are all, all those five lessons are within that first module, which is all about, again, fly fishing equipment. The second one might be fly fishing casting techniques. Number one, lesson number one, the whatever technique, lesson number two, the whatever. You get the idea. So that's the kind of hierarchy involved. Now, within each module, you could have, for example, a welcome video that shows people, okay, guys, this is what we're going to talk about in module one. Here's a summary and all those sorts of things. That's traditionally a great thing to do to introduce people to the thing that they're about to learn. And then in each of those lessons, one video per lesson. Uh, depend how many minutes should it be well however many minutes it needs to be in order to teach that particular lesson and then you can also include things like an audio transcript to add more value transcriptions to add more value to that product too and also bonus worksheets or anything addendums or checklists and anything that you can add that would help people learn that particular thing and then There are some advanced software tools out there. Some of these I've already mentioned allow you to do this. Some of them don't. But you could have it where people need to watch lesson one and complete an item before they get to lesson two. And they need to complete a quiz after lesson two before going into lesson three and all those sorts of things just to make sure they know that knowledge. And it gets pretty sophisticated. But the big thing is you want to keep it simple so make sure that you outline your course beforehand. You understand, okay, what videos you're gonna you're gonna create, and what kinds of things you're gonna have in it, and and what kind of content too. And the actual creation of those videos becomes an important component too. And again, I keep mentioning videos because that's typically what is included in these, and that's what what's gonna help it become more high value. But also, that's the best education tool for these types of courses, especially for things that you choose that an online course would be good for. Hopefully, it's because video makes sense. So. Batch processing the production of these videos is a very smart thing to do. You know, spending a day or two just chunking out a whole bunch of time, batch processing, creating all these videos back to back to back to back to back, just really nailing it down. It's gonna be be a tiresome couple days or however many modules and lessons you have. It depends, you know, it could be one day, it could be a whole week of just all constant shooting. But when you batch process it, you get into that mindset and you get to nail them down and you get to complete that course much faster in that way. Uh, You can also ahead of time understand what goes into each of those videos by creating bullet points. You can even get as far as uh, creating a transcript for it beforehand and then reading that off in a way like you're using a teleprompter. I've done that before. And that's, that was actually a interesting, interesting experience in terms of, you know, writing all that stuff beforehand and making it sound great when I spoke it because how we write is different than how we speak. And so there's some skill that goes into writing a transcript and then reading it off afterwards, you know, it's much easier to, uh, (laughs) to speak at first, but then get a transcript after that. But of course it's going to be a little bit hard to, uh, come up with stuff on the fly. So again, the other thing I want to mention is that it's okay to edit. It's okay to stop. And if you have somebody helping you with the video, that's even, that's even better Then you could just have one take, for example. And even if you mess up, you just keep going or pick up right where you left off and you can just cut and slice and have your editor do that for you. And then the launch of the course is something that's gonna that's gonna be something that you're gonna have to um, consider too. And so to help you with that, actually there's there's a couple podcast episodes. They go back to back. It was a series of two, all about online courses. And then the second one was about how to promote that course. So the first one is session one thirty six with David seitman Garland, who uh, runs a runs a program called Create Awesome Online Courses. I've had a number of SPI listeners go through that course and have a lot of success with it. So you can check that out at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 136 for that particular episode. A ton of great advice in terms of getting into the details of creating your course and then uh, a little bit about selling it too. And then 137, we talked with Amy Porterfield from amyporterfield.com on how she created a three video series, which is what a lot of people have been doing. It's, very much is based off of the Jeff Walker product launch formula to launch a particular course, which includes a lot of creating buzz about it and shooting one video and then having another one come out a few days after that and then another one coming out days after that to then launch it. And then we get into also talking about the details of, well, do you keep this online course open all the time or do you close it every once in a while? So again, I'm not going to get into the details of those because we could talk for a whole nother hour about that which we do on those particular episodes. So if online courses are something that's interesting to you, go ahead and go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 136 or and smartpassiveincome.com slash session 137. Actually, both of those I would deem to be required listening for those of you who are interested in creating your own online course. Now, the benefit of an online course, like I said, is higher value, You're able to actually teach your audience in a better way and it helps you because it also provides a lot of authority for you and what you do. If you are somebody who has a course on something, it just says something about you and also shows that you're a great teacher. And so over time, as your students go through that course, make sure you get feedback from them, make sure that you are always improving it. And, And the nice thing about a standalone course is you don't need to constantly keep adding new content into it in terms of month to month because people are paying a recurring revenue. However, you do wanna make sure it's up to date and you do consider uh, what is working and what isn't working with your audience. You could get even even into more advanced features like, for example, if you were to host your videos on Wistia, which a lot of people do, especially for online courses, just because the user experience is better, but also because the tracking is amazing on the other end. So on the back end, if you are hosting through Wistia, you're able to see how many people are watching which videos, even down to the users who watch each particular video. And if you use something like Teachable, this would allow you to to do that for you really easily because they host through Wistia too. Uh, but but you'd be able to see, oh, well, this lesson, people aren't watching the video all the way through. Or 95% of the people are cutting out at this minute. I wonder what I said at that minute to make them do that. And then you can go back and listen to that and just improve your course over time. Speaking of time, we are coming up to the hour here and I just wanted to thank you for sticking with me all the way through. We talked about a lot today. Affiliate marketing, advertising, eBooks, online courses, and you know, even subcategories on those to help you out and help you discover what might be right for you. And so hopefully there's one thing here. I feel like everybody has at least one of these things in their arsenal of what they can do to help them generate an income online. And so I I wish you all the best. And I'm looking forward to your comments and uh, concerns and uh, all that stuff over at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 193. That's where you can get the show notes for all this. And again. Go back to the first one, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 192. If you haven't listened to that already and you're listening to these out of order, which I know some people do, you know, some people watch Star Wars out of order. Some people don't even watch one, two, and three because, you know, those weren't that good, but seven should have come out by the time this recording comes out. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping it, uh, makes up for all those. Anyway, let's not get into a Star Wars chat because we could be here for another five hours, but in the next episode, I look forward to it because we're going to be talking about the holy grail of passive income, which is recurring revenue. And so we're going to talk about things like membership websites and also software, including apps, SaaS, software as a service, and some digital goods too. We're also going to talk about coaching and group coaching, webinars, consulting, freelancing, and how those sorts of things, which are actually great starting points for a lot of businesses too, to kind of become a stepping stone for passive income, how you can actually Make those things passive because how is coaching and consulting and freelancing passive when you're doing all the work? Well, there are ways and solutions around that. So we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Until then, thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you at smartpassiveincome.com/slash/session193. I hope this this has been super helpful for you. And again, make sure to check out eBooks the Smart Way to sign up to get your free book there. And also, if you're doing any email marketing, you can get your free email marketing guide at emailthesmartway.com too. So eBooks the Smart Way and email thesmartway.com. Guys, I've, I've really been enjoying this podcast, and I will continue to do it in the future for you. I know a lot of you have taken the information that I've shared here, the interviews that we've done uh, with other experts and other people, and, and have actually taken action with it. And I just love you for that. I, I'm so thankful that I have an audience who uh, is actually not just learning, but learning and putting things into place to make change in their lives and the lives of others, too. I mean, we're all here to serve other people, I hope. Um, but I know a lot of you also need a little bit more help. Uh, I've been getting messages left and right from people who have been asking for more and, and deeper information about certain things. So what I've done is that I've actually put together a number of courses and there's more courses coming in the future thanks to your recommendations. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com courses, you'll see a list of the courses that are currently available there or that you can sign up for the waitlist for. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com courses. Check it out. Thank you guys, I appreciate you, and I'll see you in the next episode where we round the everything off and finish off the year. Man, almost the end of the year. Merry Christmas to you guys. If you guys celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. I appreciate you, love you all, peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.